Hi everyone, a quick reminder that Angel Heart Radio program should not be used to replace your legal, medical or professional advice nor your own sound judgment. There's lots for you on angellight777.com. There's guidance, there are freebies, there are wonderful ways to help you to connect with the angels and with their love for you. Good morning, everybody. Well, everybody in Australia and good evening, everybody in the other states. Um, This is Carol Ann Cross from Angel Heart Radio and I'm delighted that you are with us today. And our special guest today is Janet Hickox. Good morning, afternoon, evening. (laughs) (laughs) Hello there. (laughs) It's great to be here with you, Miss Carol. Carol Great. And, and normally we would have the beautiful Anaya with us today, but she is in a very exciting time doing a lot of exciting publishing business for her wonderful book, The Angel Code. And there'll be more exciting news coming up for everybody shortly, but um, she just needed a little bit of space today to get all the things sorted out. So I'm just so delighted to be here with you today, Janet, and continue on from where we finished off last week. Right, right. So over to you for the moment. Uh, So last week we began to talk about and look at the different stages that the solar plexus mutation was going to be going through. So we started out with stage one and went through two. We have four stages. I think what I'll do is kind of go back as a review uh, to what we were looking at. So just one moment here while I share my screen so that everybody can see the charts that we were looking at. And got to get it to set up to, there we go. Isn't that my beautiful little human design person here? Uh, And what we are talking about is human design astrology, which is an astrology that helps us see the energetic us, right? Our energy centers that are similar to chakras. There are elements of the I Ching, which is an ancient uh, Chinese divination system that are involved here. There's astrology elements, and there are also elements from the Jewish Kabbalah, as if you look at this sort of upside down, which I can't do here, but (laughs) um, if we looked at this upside down, we would sort of get a view of the tree of life. And in human design, we also take in elements of the quantum physics part of how we share energy and how we're always completing one another. And then also elements from the human genome in that we know we have 64 codons in our DNA. On each DNA strand, there are 64 gates in your human design. And there are 64 uh, hexagrams in the I Ching. So we have some real coherence between the different systems. 64 being the signal, it seems like that there is something mystical and magical going on here. Uh, and we mentioned that, of course, way back when we started this, Carol Ann, but I think people might forget how really powerful human design is. And so when we come in to chat about the changes that it's undergoing, Uh, I just want people to understand how important it really is in our grand scheme of evolution um, to see, to be alive at a time where an evolutionary leap is about to happen, that it's taking place even as we live and breathe wherever you are on this planet, you're in the midst of this major shift and this change. So, um, of course, the first couple of weeks that we met, we talked about some of the things to note about what the changes might mean, uh, about what we would notice in the world. I don't want to go into all of those today, but I do remember Anaya saying that after we were done with this, she was going to try to bring these all together so yes. people could listen to them again in sequence, because I yes. just think it's so important to, to really recognize what's going on. Um, Tonight, we are going to just look at the phases and the change and what it means in each one of those phases. So when we look at a human design chart, I'm just going to, can you guys see my my pointer, my cursor moving around? Yeah, I I can see it. Oh, awesome. Can I just say something for a moment? 
Yeah. And while you're screen sharing the screen, I can't see my chat. So when between sharing the screen screens, I'll go back to chat. There must be a way to do it, but I'm I can't quite do it at the moment. So continue with what you're doing. I just want to let our audience know I can't see them their chat. Yeah, this is why I have a helper when I'm sharing a screen because <laughs> I too haven't figured out how to be able to do that. So she usually texts me questions. Uh, I don't think she's on duty this evening though for this. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely get to questions though. So yes. uh, don't worry if you have a question, we'll find it and uh, ask you to bring it Thank back you. forward if we, if we've missed it somehow. So when we look at the human design template, what we see are these energy centers and they are interconnected by channels and the channels highlight or turn on when they are being connected by planets that are at these gates, which are the numbered areas in the chart. When you have a planet at each end of a channel, it turns on both the centers, right? They light up and they become defined, which means that you are broadcasting your natural energy through that channel and through those centers. When it is white, and some of you who have your human design chart with you might note there are places that it's white, some places that it's colored in. The white areas are where we take in the energy from around us, from the people around us, from transiting planets. And it can be places where we learn to really differenti differentiate who we are from what is happening around us. It, uh, in human design speak, we call it the conditioning field. And uh, the whole purpose of learning your own human design and understanding these phases and these changes is so that you know what's you and what's not you, right? What's you, then when something changes, you understand that it's a place where it might not be your energy. And so that's so important for everybody to understand, isn't it? That it may or yes. may not be you. Right, exactly. And sometimes we're borrowing energy, Carol Ann, like, for example, you and I sitting here chatting today, uh, I didn't get your uh, chart out. So I don't know what you have exactly. But I, I can almost bet that there are some places where you are defined, and I'm not, and our coming together closes that gap, or places where I'm defined, and you're not, and I'm helping you to close yeah. that gap. And it's how we're always exchanging energy with one another that's important here. But for some people, uh, especially when we're younger, we can totally mistakenly become motivated by energies that aren't our own, right? Because we've been with a certain group of people or we grew up in a certain family, in a culture or part of a religious belief. We may feel we're something we're not, or we may try to behave as if we're something that we're not. So it becomes super important to really understand who you are, where you're broadcasting and where you tend to take in um, energy from other people. Because if you try to behave like someone else, it comes off as inauthentic. And then it fails in your, in your life to really get you the results that you want. And then you're getting angry or frustrated or disappointed or bitter based on whatever type you are, because things aren't working for you, right? They're not working for you. No matter how hard you try to be something, uh, it isn't working. And that's because it's likely you trying to be something that you are not naturally able to be and it feels unnatural to you and other people also understand that coming from you um yeah they may not say it out loud or they may not know what it is they're getting but they kind of get that wow this is not quite right there's something not quite right going here and, so, and that's a really important point for everybody to understand isn't it Absolutely, because if you don't understand who you are, how can you possibly understand who you're not? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So when we talk about this today, what we're going to be talking about is more of the generalities, right? The things that are happening um, for all of us, not just people who are of certain type or a certain um, uh, uh, energy level. So everybody needs to be aware of this because eventually everybody's human design is going to be affected by this. Yeah. So when we go first, we talked about stage one. I'm going to have to move this over. I don't know if that is seen on the, on the, uh, the video or not. Stage one is where we are currently. And it's important to note, Carolyn, that we're already in this change. This isn't something that starts in 2027 when the solar mutation is, a uh, solar plexus mutation is meant to start or is meant to take place. It is already in process, right, in progress. And literally it has been uh, for about the last 150 years. 
uh, as we are growing and evolving slower, of course, at first, but now picking up speed. And we see that picking up speed, if you will, in the nature of what's happening in the world around us, including, say, coronavirus or in the U.S., our elections and in other places around the world, the response to what is happening uh, you know, in, with regards to everything from the economy to global warming to the coronavirus, etc. So all of the things that we're going to talk about tonight are already in play as that as in they're already starting to begin. Now, in human design, all of these energies flow in specific directions. I think we talked about that last week. Yes. So what we're looking at now is a change in the flow of the energy. So the circuitry, if you will, think of your um, computer, how it has a motherboard, or if you are an electrician and you've worked with circuitry, that the current flows in a specific direction through a circuit, correct? And that's what makes your lights turn on or makes your computer work or uh, whatever is using a circuit board. Well, what we're looking at now, what we're standing at the precipice of is a shift in the flow of the energy. It reminds me of, uh, oh, what do they call that? Pole shift, right? Pole ah, shift, yes, yes, yes. right? Where the, the natural flow of energy go from north to south becomes mm -hmm. like south to north. The north pole becomes the south pole and vice versa. So we have this mechanics of the change that's going on that we can see actually in the template of your human design, i.e. the chart. And we see that through the change in direction of the energy flow. And uh, like I said last week, it's not something that's happening to us from outside of us. It's not like some grand orchestrator saying, okay, and now this change will begin. This is actually being undertaken by each of us as individuals already. We are already influencing uh, this new phase, especially when we become more aware of it, we are able to influence the way that this is going to show. And, and, and that that, you know, that's it helps us to understand what's happening differently to us because we're all having different responses and different ways of acting to what we may have done in the past. So it's really good to understand this is part of leading up to 27, but in the, in the makeup of getting there to 2027. Absolutely. And it's also important to know that you're not a victim of this change, right? That this is something that's being driven by our increasing in our increasing consciousness, our increasing awareness of the divine nature of humanity, of how energy flows, how we create and become co-creators. All of that is really what's driving this and not some unseen hand that's pushing this onto us. So that's, that makes you a player in this and not the victim, right? You're actually perpetrating this. You're, we are collectively all causing this to happen through our elevation in our consciousness. Now, when we look at the flow of energy, where did my cursor go? There you are. Um, it has been flowing from the root center here up toward the um, uh, solar plexus. This is the solar plexus right here and then across to the sacral. And the reverse flow takes us now from the gate 55, which I know those numbers are really light, but trust me, this is the gate 55, which is called the gate of faith. And it's moving now this way toward the gate 39, which is a recalibration gate. It's called recalibration. And from there, it moves to from the root center up into the sacral center through this channel called conservation. And then uh, th that is made up of two different gates here, right? One at each end, 60 right here, uh, which is, excuse me, the gate of conservation and three, which is the gate of innovation. So the whole, ch whole channel becomes an energy of innovation. So we have faith leading us to recalibrate, then moving us through the channel of innovation, and finally moving us through the gate 59 to uh, what we would call sustainability. So we saw this last week as we talked about this. This is expanding our ability to use faith and trust in the benevolent nature of the universe to uh, help us align our emotions right, to make sure that we are in sort of neutral space emotionally, 
and that we can innovate and begin to create in a co-creative way a more sustainable world where now we have sort of chaos that happens Mm -hmm. and then we react to that chaos yeah and we create something else like we've had this coronavirus our reaction was to shut down and i'm not saying these are bad or good reactions by the way that's what we did right we shut down uh we tried to control that flow of the virus while we were waiting on um a a vaccine or something to come up in the meantime there's all this chatter about all these different things Um, it's our response to the chaos created as opposed to what will be, which is our reaction will become more of a response uh, by having faith and trust that some innovation will happen that will take us to the problem solving end of things. Completely different look, a completely different feel. And that's right. And, And knowing, you know, by our faith and our trust, we're going to come to this place, which is where we're all meant to be. And it's going to to take us to where we're going in the future without reacting in a, in a negative way. Absolutely. And with the gate 59, this one right here on the sacral, the sacral is the most high energy uh, center in all of human design. It is always on, it's humming all the time. It is life force, it is vitality, it, it's always on, right? Mm-hmm. And the thought of being able to create a world sustainably based on a deep need to share of our resources with one another rather than to do the power greed grab you know where oh i want all the oil right i i want all the oil i want all the plutonium i want all the you know whatever you fill in the blank and uh then being able then to charge rates that are exorbitant for things that shouldn't be costing so much all of that goes away yeah because we're sharing out of a sustainable nature out of a faith that will always be able to solve whatever problem it is that happens and not that we have to shrink up go into fear go into survival mode which has been the emotional response to the chaos created uh, when we've been living in that opposite direction This also, by the way, is a gate that is going to change our reproductive, um, uh, the the nature of of sex in our lives as well, um, because we come from a more deliberate place now, creating a sustainable future. And it kind of cracks me up when I hear people fighting about abortion, this (laughs) or that, because almost an inborn issue that'll occur along here is one, it's going to force the population rates down. And that means there's more space for all of us to create uh, our progeny from a place of sustainability, where we are more deliberate in our planning to have children, we are parenting more consciously. And that's a, a kind of a byproduct of this massive change that's undergoing that we're in the process of right now. And what an amazing change that's going to be, that it's going to be coming from this place of love and sustainability and not from where it's coming now sometimes. I feel like in some ways we've taken it for granted that we could procreate and that by having sex, the everybody's aware that the possibility is unless you've taken steps to protect yourself that you're going to get pregnant and there's going to be a child and then sometimes then the child is the one paying the price for the irresponsibility of either or of the parents either or or both of the parents and in a new world in a change such as what we're undergoing that changes dramatically as well if you're not able to create as many children because of forces of nature uh, pushing back against production or you know fertility then when you do have children you really honor that and you see it as a privilege to have a child and to be able to raise that child and I think that's what I kind of mean by that more parenting with a conscious deliberation right I know that I'm 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 choosing to be pregnant I'm choosing to have this child and I'm choosing to raise this child with as much consciousness as I can yes Yes. kind of different than what we do now right yes (laughs) that's that's a truly wonderful place for a child to be coming to and wonderful for the parents as well 
absolutely. I think on a grand scale stage, it really changes how we are set up to nurture one another. Yeah. And uh, with a population that's less dense, you have more resources that you can bring to bear uh, in that way. Now, I don't imagine there's any huge, you know, major die off of humans, although the virus has kind of scared us all into that, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We see those numbers and we're like, wow. Um, but chances are there's several different forces coming to bear that will cause that, that realignment, if you will, in our thinking about having children and the thought about, you know, is it sustainable? Can I raise this child to adulthood? And what have you becomes very important in the grand scheme of things. Can I just um, sort of say something here for the people who have tuned in and who have questions, type your questions in and when we get to the fact I can see the chat screen again, we'll, I'll pass those on to, um, to Jeanette. And then um, also, um, if for those who don't know what this is all about, um, this is human design and you can get your own human design chart and report um, by going to living-astrology.com and it's free of charge. You'll find a little form there, fill it out and then you'll get your, your beautiful feedback and chart back. The most important thing you can do for yourself right now is to yeah, really understand who you are. Mm. Yeah. Interestingly enough, they say in human design that it takes seven years to undo your conditioning. I, I think it might take longer than that, but seven years is as good as any. And we're mm -hmm. seven years away from this mutation. So how timely is it right now to get your own chart and your own report and start to learn about the beautiful energetic being that you are and to learn to live the authentic you? I mean, I think it would be huge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, now let's move on to stage two. And I'm sorry, this one's a little bit smaller, but now we're looking at another connection from the sacral center to the emotional center and starting through a gate where the flow again is moving from the gate 59 in the sacral to the six in the emotional center. And I'll go back in just a minute and talk about what each one of these gates are. And then upwards, moving up toward the throat center through the gate 36. So the flow is going from 59 to 6 to 36. Remember, the gate 59 is the gate of sustainability. So here's where we become very resourceful, resourceful. And it moves to the gate 6, which is the gate of impact, where our resourcefulness our ability to be sustainable starts to really impact the emotional field, the solar plexus itself, and then moves us to the gate 36 of exploration. This is where we begin to create for something instead of against something, right? And I, I love this because so many times it's so illogical to me to have a war on drugs or a war on terror, or a war on coronavirus, or a war on each other for that matter. Because you're already just from the very word, putting in some negative energy there. You're, you're, you're almost saying that there's a battle raging here. And instead, you know, start to create a for something. So if you have a war on drugs, then let's be for let's be toxin free. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's uh, if you have a war on the coronavirus, let's just make peace with coronavirus. It's here. What yeah. can we do? Right. And it leaves us then space to create where um, it's in a response to something as opposed to a reaction to it. Yeah. Right. So that's a big thing. And I keep telling every morning in my morning broadcast, at some point during the broadcast, we talk about response ability versus reaction. And reaction is where we are now in the world with our emotions that run away with us, right? We get triggered yeah. by something, we get mad, and then we start yelling or we start fighting or arguing or creating more division or, you know, worse, you know, creating chaos. <laughs> Where if we just breathe when something yeah. triggers us, we pause for that moment and we get a clear thinking process engaged or a clear feeling process 
in, in uh, our field, then we can respond from a place of peace <laughs> and from uh, not that chaotic uh, energy of reaction. So then we can have faith, right? This renews our faith that we can move through whatever it is that life throws at us. Maybe even with the gate 36 here being a gate of exploration, what about curiosity? I wonder how we can solve this problem as opposed to this is all, you know, a mess and uh, it's going to fall apart. The planet's going to burn up, uh, you know, that becomes more dramatic and more fear mongering like than it would be if we chose to be innovative and open and curiosity, uh, curious and looking for possibilities. Yeah, because that's, that fear emotion, it just demolishes everything. Sure, and it that's does. Where we have to change from the fear to the love or to the to the creative or whatever, you know, way we want to look at it. But it's getting away from that fear because we respond the wrong way when we're in fear. Yeah. And I think what really begins to shift here, uh, Carol Ann, is that we become to harness the power of the solar plexus instead of being at the victim end of the power of the solar plexus. I mean, we all know how emotions are. They are very powerful. And I mean, there are even legal defenses, right? Uh, In the heat of passion, Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, did this or I did that. Uh, Because we know how easy it is for that emotion to get carried away. And that's because we have not learned our emotional intelligence yet, right? We've focused on the mind. We've focused everything up here. We haven't taught people how to be emotionally responsible and how to use emotions in a way that helps you guide to the right things. Yeah. So we, ha- we have a lot of work yet to do here because so much of what goes on in the world is because of reaction, right? Yes. Not response. Definitely. So when we learn to harness this, then we become conscious and deliberate in what we're creating, right? Yeah. We become more intimate with one another because we're sharing from a place of faith, from a place of peace. Um, we increase the peace on the planet. I loved that Marianne Williamson uh, when she was running for president here in the U.S., said that we needed to create a department of the peace. Yes, you know we yes, have a that, we have a defense department and a war department, but what about peace? Right. Yes, that, I, I just loved watching her because she brought a beautiful energy of love and peace to whenever she spoke. Yeah, and from a completely different perspective, such a high spiritual perspective than what we normally think of as politics, right? Which yeah. is you know dragging us into some quagmire most of the time (laughs) so uh in stage two we really begin to see this flow create an opening for us to become conscious co-creators deliberate in what we say and what we do by responding to what shows up not reacting to what comes up in our worlds or in our lives on a day-to-day basis and big things, small things. Right now, you could begin practicing with the small little things, right? The irritation of your day not going the way that you thought it should go, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm, I wonder why this served my highest and best today to have it happen this way. Yeah. Uh, because we, it, it's not like we have to wait for some time here for this to happen. We're driving it. <laughs> so yes. the more we begin to drive it consciously, the more we're in the creation of this. And uh, we're literally changing our world, right? Living the evolution. The first time in human's history that we actually can become conscious of an evolution that's occurring and be able to be in the driver's seat during that, that uh, evolutionary leap, mm-hmm. right? Other times it's just happened. Yes, that's right. And we just read about it later on in history or, you know, it's just passed by if we happen to be yeah. living a life at that time. But now we can create it and we can be a part of it. Yeah. And we're coming from this really place of love and acceptance and, and yes. creativity. Is and how it's we can direct where it goes, yeah. how it goes, yeah, by so changing our own reaction to it, our own mm-hmm. response to what's happening. It's just amazing to me when I really think about the ramifications on the whole of the world for this kind of change to be going on and how it really enables us to 
become more responsible, to see our impact in the world, how every one of us is important and has a power in the world to shape it, to change it, to transform it, uh, or drag it down into the toilet, right? Yep. We, yep. we, we have that power. Yeah. All right, let's go to stage three. This is where we did not get last week. So this is new territory now. Um, here in stage three, what we begin to see is a, a change in, in the flow of energy from the six, the gate six of impact, through what now is concerned concern, um, administration, how we uh, organize ourselves in a community. And this now becomes more about peace and restoration, <coughs> right? Restoring peace, restoring love, restoring integrity. And so the flow now moving from the impact zone uh, over to peace and resources for all. What a change. What a change, yes. What a change. Agreements then, instead of where they are now that are contracts that are uh, sort of made out of unconscious needs for resources become agreements that are made from a desire to lift up all, right? That if we, if we share this resource and maybe it is that we have to share this resource uh, from our country to your country because your country can do the most with it at the moment. And we understand that that is in the interest of all right, that we're uplifting all in that process. And by the way, this becomes a very eco-based kind of energy, eco as ecological, as economic, as uh, resources shared in its fullness and not from, um, a, a less that I don't have enough from a lack or a scarcity. Mm -hmm. uh, so what we have now is sort of this quid pro quo in this channel, by the way, this 30 to 47 or 37 to 40, um, this is, uh, currently a channel that we think of as marriage, but marriage as a contract, right? You give me 10 cows. I give you your daughter. We sealed the breach between our, our warring nations, um, <laughs> that kind of agreement that was our, the original marriage contract. But instead now it's not rooted in that quid pro quo kind of energy. Now it's real. It's related to how do we lift us all up and how do we share equally, including countries that are like the U.S. that have a lot of money that drives what happens. If you're rich, you get benefits. If you're not so rich, you get less than benefits. Uh, where if you have money, you can buy your way out of prison or, it, uh, you know, to um, a lesser sentence. Uh, but if you don't have money, we're throwing the book at you. So in a way, the agreements, the laws, the regulations that we have all come to know and understand uh, are really under the microscope at this point in time. Now, that's also got an astrological base to it from the Jupiter-Pluto conjunctions, three of which we've had this year. One, the last one was just last week, right? Uh -huh. The last of the three, April 4th, June 27th, and then November 13th, I believe it was, or November 12th. And those three passes really brought into play the, the glaring inequality in the way that laws are applied. And it's not just here in the U.S., it's all around, right? Where there's this inequality, it's being called to our attention um, because everything has been rooted in this particular time period, you know, that we've been in, in that idea of quid pro quo. I give you something, you give me something in return. Instead of what can we together share and then by uh, contrast, uplift everyone that's involved. Yeah. So this is big, it, all of the things that we haven't healed or worked on yet are all coming to the surface to be to be worked on and to be sorted out and to be healed and to to, to get the equality back to to yeah. where it is it should be, I should say. Yeah. In this country, you know, we've had Trump, who has been a very powerful <laughs> mutating force in this nation, bringing up all the shadows. He's done his job. I usually say he's done his job, right? He's bringing up all the places where we're still holding division, uh, mm -hmm. where there's still anger, um, 
from the people to the people in power, from uh, between races and between religions, immigration status, you name it, this country has brought that shadow aspect up over the last four years. And it's been terrifying to be a part of it, to right? to, to live through it and to go, oh my God, what are we doing? In the grand scheme of things, all of that had to happen because a mutation such as this can't happen if you are not aware of what your reactions are to the things that are happening around you. So even it doesn't matter whether you like him or not, he's done his job, right? What he came here to do was to show us all of our shadow places. And I would say he's done a good job of that. <laughs> and so we should be, you know, in, in some ways thanking uh, the person who's just playing this role of shining that light into our dark places so that we can prepare for the change that this uh, mutation will bring us. Now, as we go to stage four, stage four, the flow begins to really change because we let go of this whole channel right here. This gate 19 um, is let go of in a way uh, because I think in it was the second, maybe the first or the second um, show that we did together, I was talking about how at this point in time, we are one third animal, one third human and one third angel. Do you remember us talking about that? Yes. It is this gate 19, where did my cursor go? My, this gate 19 that taps us into the animal right? The animal kingdom. Yeah. If when we begin to let this go, we become more angelic and more human. And that changes the fundamentally how we interact with the animal kingdom. So rather than being animalistic and being a part of the eat or be eaten group, we end up changing fundamentally our food, how we energetically regain nourishment. So this particular channel, which right now takes us into, you know, hooks us into the mammalian or animal side um, is diminished over these next seven years. It breaks apart, if you will, and takes us out of the animal kingdom. And I think that's a very good thing. At first I thought, well, well why would I want to be a part? I'm already acting as if I'm a, a different, you know, I'm apart from the animal kingdom but it will make it very difficult over time for us to continue to eat animal flesh, um, knowing that the emotional center is revving up its feeling and compassion energy. And what we'll feel is the animal's pain and in a life cut short or in the actual pain of death. And we won't be able to tolerate that anymore. So as a natural byproduct of some of these changes that are happening in the stage four, we become, our response to it becomes to change more to a plant-based diet. And I know there are lots of people out there going, but I love my steak, I love my chicken. <laughs> and that may be right, but, and it's not like it's changing tomorrow, but I can already tell in my own self, I've always been a, a meat lover. And now I find I choke on chicken when I'm trying to eat it. Like I'm choking on it. How does that happen? I find that when I go, when I'm passing by a field and I see animals out there, I'm, I'm feeling this pang about, you know, using them as a commodity and not valuing them as a life force. So that, that connection that we're feeling to animals becomes more loving, more compassionate, and more heart-centered. We'll find it very difficult to eat them in the same way, to use them in the same way. And I can imagine that fewer cows being produced for meat also has a better effect on the environment as cows and methane have a huge impact on global warming. Yeah. So in a way, there's an eco-based revolution involved here as well. As we look at the gate 49, um, which is now connected to the gate 19, it'll be on its own here. And it is the gate of revolution. And that revolution then moving up to meet the gate six impact. So we have revolution and impact and not this animal hook that takes us into revolution that then uh, brings us to other areas of the chart instead of impacting 
um, our ability to become more compassionate and more peaceful. So it's the bonds, the intimacy bonds that are changing and our, our way of looking at how it is that we come together. Um, it's already happening in the nature of love on the planet right now, where now we're looking at love and marriage in a completely different way. Now we're being more open to, it doesn't matter whether it's male and female, because we can't, you know, you can't help who you love. No, no, that's exactly right. And, and as love is coming more and more to the fore, and people are getting more choices in what they, how they have a relationship, then that's changing everything overall, isn't it? So it is. it's just yeah. affecting all of humanity. Um, now, I've been able to find some questions on Facebook. Do you want me to give you a couple of questions now or we wait until a bit further on? Um, no, let's go ahead and ask some questions. If You want me to stop sharing so you can see them? No, well, I've, got, I've managed to find it on my, iPad, on my phone. So we can uh -huh. do that. See, I knew so, you could do it. Gabby, it's all a big learning curve for me. <laughs> Gabby's asked a question and she said, can your chart change? Your chart will not change. You were born with that chart and that's that the way that it will be. What will begin to change, though, is the people being born after 2027. Their chart won't have the same elements. Their ah. chart will be in the change. You, as a person who's already here, though, will be a part of that change because your consciousness about the energies that you were born with changes, if that makes sense. Okay, so it's like with, with my grandchildren, you know, they, they're going to, um, what, they're 14 and 12 now. So in 2027, they'll be sort of a major, have a major part to play in it. And then their children will have the new charts because they will, will have a different chart to what their parents will have. Yeah, I'm, we have I'm, a similar chart to our parents, don't we? So because it's the same basic yeah. chart. Is that, have I got that right? You do. You absolutely do. Like if we, if we went back in our family lineage to before 1781, then mm -hmm. that chart of those people at that time would have been a seven-centered chart. It would look different than what the charts did from 1781 till now. And even so, there's always that little overlap because there are people on the planet that are going to have the old chart right up until the day the actual mutation happens, right? So yeah. we'll still have time to really uh, live with that um, evolution, with that change. And it will take time to move through that. And this is, you know, we see a lot of the craziness happening now and we'll continue to see some of that. Uh, as more and more as this dawns on more and more people that there's something changing here. Um, so it'll be over time that the mutation actually becomes visible. Although I think, you know, as I start looking at this, I see it's visible now, right? Yeah. I, you can't help but see that these issues and um, things that are happening are meant to alert us to the need for change. And that change is in process because we've become conscious of those needs to change so it's kind of a, a biofeedback system really right one is pushing the other and uh, uh and that will just keep gaining speed so to answer your question gabby your human design will stay the same but your children or your children's children likely will have a different type of chart yes so that that'd be really interesting to see that now, um, Christine yeah. Tonkin has said, uh, clearing those words and embracing our shadow gets us to the place where we are not reacting, but responding. Absolutely. So that, that's absolutely right. And yeah. Amelia has just said that um, emotions are very powerful indeed. Yes, very powerful. And it's time that we wake up and we start using the emotional energy as it was meant for us to use. In human design, the emotional center is a power center, and, uh, but it has very little awareness. What happens uh, as time goes on is it loses, let me see if I can reframe this. I don't want you to think it loses its power, um, but as an engine or as a motor right now, it has an energy flow that is high and low, right? It has this high and this low, like the waves on the beach, right? 
your crests and you have, you know, maybe joyful feelings and then it crashes. And now you're in the low or the, the uh, uh, lull of the wave. Once we move into the mutation, that wave begins to really flatten out, right? Where we are now being able to use our emotions the way that they were meant to be, which is as a compass to tell us when we're in the right place or we're in the wrong place, either with our thoughts or our um, actions. Mm -hmm. So at this point, it's hard for us to get to that because there's so much high and low going on based on what's going on around us, our reactionary energy. So as we become more responsive, we take that pause, we wait for that initial wave to pass. And then over time, as, as this goes further into the mutation, we won't even be affected so much by the highs and the lows. Uh, we'll just be waiting until we get clarity around what it is our feelings are telling us. Then we'll respond. Now, initially, that's going to look a little weird, right? People, I, I think, I feel like the parents of the children of tomorrow are going to think there's something wrong with their children because they're not responding or reacting in the same way right? Mm -hmm. They may be more deliberate. They may look more aloof, like they're standing back and not engaging. Um, it's not that they're not feeling. In fact, that makes me think about autism a little bit, if that isn't just a yeah. precursor yeah. to some of this yeah. too. So where... some of those may already, those energies and emotions may already be coming in. And yeah. Mm. yeah. In fact, um, Ra Uruhu, who was the one that channeled human design into being, uh, did say in one of his talks back in the 80s or late 90s, something like that, that one of the ways we would know the solar mutation was underway is because of the increase in autism. And we've uh, certainly oh, witnessed that. Interesting. Right. We've thought it was about vaccines or the Marisol or, you know, that kind of thing. But it's really a, a symptom, if you will, of the changing mutation, the evolution that's about to happen. And, you know, like any mutation, there's always trouble in the beginning, right? It, it doesn't come out perfect the first time. Um, and this is where our consciousness comes into play. We can be conscious about what we're doing, how we're reacting, uh, or not by not reacting and responding so that we're really able to see what power there is in the emotions to become more aware of the emotions. Mm -hmm. and, and as an awareness of what does this mean? What, I'm feeling really disgruntled right now. What does that mean? Is it that I'm caught up in a job that I don't like, that I don't resonate with, but I feel stuck? Is it because uh, something irritated me and it reminded me of a shadow energy from my past so that I choose then how I get to respond? Do I let it take me out or do I let my just my my natural curiosity and wonder um, and my need for possibilities let me lead me into a new way of being okay that's interesting so we need to be conscious of time so if we got um how are we going on your side got about what 10 minutes nine minutes oh, eight minutes oh, 15 minutes or so i mean yeah. i can go more if you like but we'll just see how we go no i i think we're actually going to be able to tie this up doesn't excellent. that sound good? That's excellent. Like I have an, a blank page over here. I don't know if you guys can see my book, but I have a blank page on there. So I'm coming to the end here of, of what I wanted to share. Um, so let's just finish this up with the stage four. Uh, so all of this is to say that our relationship to food is changing and will change as this stage four comes in. We'll be one moving to a more plant-based diet and fewer cows helps the environment it improves the overall health of the planet and the big one is that it allows our change to a plant-based diet allows more light and higher frequencies to enter in the body because we're eating closer to the light if that makes sense right when the sun plants take the energy of the sun and they turn it into food right uh, animals eat the plants and they're eating almost directly from the sun in that respect. But we're eating animals, so we're kind of like disconnected from the full light that is available in the food. So as time goes on, our bodies won't be able to carry the frequency in meat because our light bodies will have become so much 
lighter, <laughs> higher in frequency. Um, and all of that equals more honoring of ourselves, caring for one another, caring for animals, caring for the planet, and uh, caring for yourself. And of course, we need that desperately right now. Oh, desperately. This is, this is one of the major things we need at the moment is caring for ourselves and for one another. It's yeah. just such a big thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It's wonderful. Now, I could certainly go into more of uh, how this changes up the circuitry in our human design and so forth. But I think that takes us into territory that's rather confusing yeah. um, without being, a, you know, uh, really aware, super aware of human design or how your human design works. I think it might take us too far too fast. Um, mm -hmm. So it's food for another day, perhaps a food for another um, podcast for us to come on and talk about how the circuitry will change. Um, but that's best left to when other to when yeah. more people are aware of what human design well, is. That's right. And and this is it now. Okay, so now you've stopped sharing. I've got the big screen back with all the yes. questions. So welcome everybody. Sorry, I haven't been able to get to all your questions before. So Christine Tonkin wants to know: Does a progressed new moon affect our natal chart? Now, is that or a subject for today? That is definitely not a subject for today, but I can answer the question in a sort of brief sort of way. Uh, anything progressed in your chart, i.e. the moon, shows you the trajectory that you're moving in in this lifetime. So it, it's sort of like updating your resume, right? Now you have these other experiences you can add, but what new experiences are there that are coming? right? That's how I look at progressions. The progressed moon is important because it changes more frequently uh, its sign than say the sun or uh, Mercury even or Venus. Um, the progressed moon is changing signs every 29 months, I believe it is. 28 and a half, 29 months. So a little more than two years and you're out of one sign and into the other. So it changes fundamentally how you react to the world, how you are emotionally connected to the world. So um, I have just become aware of progress. I mean, I, of course, knew about progressions, but I wasn't really <laughs> wanting to get involved in them. Uh, and now I, I find I really want to look at the progressed sun and the progressed moon in people's charts because it tells me where their life path is taking them. So, uh, for example, in the sun... Um, I'm 59 years old, so my son has progressed 59 degrees forward, right, from where it was when I was born. So I was born with it at 28 degrees Gemini, but now it's somewhere at like 22, 23 degrees of Leo. So my personality has undergone changes through time based on where the sun is placed in my progressed chart. It doesn't fundamentally change that I was born a Gemini and I'm still here as a Gemini, but now I have these Leo traits that come to play um, in my experience of living my personality. With the moon, I was born with the moon in Virgo and that's now progressed, well, it's progressed many times around because it moves faster, uh, but right now it's progressed into the sign of Scorpio. So I'm interacting with the emotional field and the intuitive instincts of Scorpio energy. So we can do that in people's charts, just the, all the, the um, uh, astrology programs do that. Um, you just need to know what you're setting it up for, and it will tell you where all the progressed planets are. And the only ones that really progress that are of interest to us are the inner planets, the sun, the moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, mm -hmm. um, because the outer planets, they, they move much slower. So over the course of a lifetime, they're just not really uh, impacting anything in a big way. Now, if any of them change signs during your lifetime, that's a big deal. Yay. Yeah. So it's a long way to answer the question. I hope that helps. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I found that really interesting. I don't know what my full astrology chart is, but I was born a Scorpio and I know that. But I'm, I'm not a, I don't act or behave like a Scorpio anymore. So I have to go and get a chart done so I can see what's happening. Well, if you know how old you are. Well, I was oh. 74 yesterday. Well, happy birthday. Oh, happy you. birthday to you. I can't sing, so I won't. <laughs> but happy birthday anyway. Oh, thank um, you. 
So if you turned 74, then what you would do is just move 74 degrees ahead if you were born, let's see, so you're in what about, that's probably 24, 25 degrees of Scorpio. And if we add uh, 30, 60, so we go to Sag, then we go to Capricorn, you're probably in Aquarian energy. And that would make sense because here you are doing broadcasting, which is a very air sort of thing to do. Um, looking at the world in new ways, um, connecting with astrology, which by the way is ruled by Aquarius, uh, divination, right? Oracle readings, tarot, I Ching, uh, and astrology are all under that sign of Aquarius. So I would bet your your um, <laughs> your your progressed sun is in Aquarius. Thank you. That that's so exciting. Yeah, it so, really is. Um, so we've had another couple. Amelia has said a place of peace and acceptance, and she's been learning all about that this past week. It's an amazing so thing that. to learn, and it, isn't it? At some point, our children are just going to be aware of this right from the beginning. Mm. They're going to look back at our history, and they're going to go, "WTF? What was going on? Right? Mm. How, how did that happen? How did we have wars? How did people kill one another?" It's going to seem so alien to them to have to be in in a world where the history is of a warring nature. Mm. And I, I don't know that you or I will be alive at the point in time that, you know, those kids have the chance to look back and think that. But it's coming. It will be there. Just like we look back now at the Holocaust and we like we're like, what the heck? How did yeah. that happen? That's um, we can't we can't understand it in the framework of where we are today. Uh same as the children then in the future are going to look back and go, whoa. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, um, what were mom and dad thinking? <laughs> mom and dad, that's exactly right. And Christine is saying that love is, is becoming more a spiritual and energetic level instead of more physical level. It's becoming more balanced. Yeah, more heart-centered, yeah. more unconditional. Um, that's probably one of the biggest lessons that I think that we are getting out of this uh, is to return to the heart. And yeah. uh, that, that return to the heart will drive a lot of differences in how we interact with one another um, and how we treat our planet and how we um, nurture, um, if I can say this, our weakest links, which are typically our children or our elderly or the infirm. And at this point in time, they're like last on the list. Yeah. Right? They're like the, the, the albatrosses around our neck and, oh, we better throw some dollars at welfare or uh, something, you That's know, to, mm. and it's sad yes. because other cultures through history have honored the elderly and the children and, yeah. and recognized that they were only as strong as their weakest links were. So they did everything they could to make sure that even the weakest was taken care of because in the end, they were taking care of themselves and their future. Yes. yes we somehow have. we've lost in our modern day that connection that we have to, the, to that Definitely. level of love. Definitely. And yeah. Gabby has said she would raise her children differently knowing what she knows now as opposed to 25 years ago. They right. still turned out to be beautiful people. Yeah. We all did the best we could with what we knew at the time. And I, I think probably parents of the new children might have some difficulty at first. They're going to be looking at these kids and going, what, what did I do wrong? Um, and they're not going to have done anything wrong. They're just bringing in a new template of what humanity will be like. And as anything that's new, we often don't understand it. But parents always love their children. And no matter what. Yes. No matter what, right? So there's that that will carry us through even some of the most challenging times as we, you know, get through the waters of that very powerful change. Yes. So, but our consciousness is shifting. And that's the big news, right? That's the best news that, that people are waking up and going, and why are we in this big divided state? Why are we creating war? Why are we bickering over stupid things? Yes. Yeah, that's right. It, it's just so unnecessary. And it's going to be wonderful for the for the consciousness to change that we're not going to think, yeah. you know, like that we need war, etc. Yeah, but I would say that the shift will happen over time. Oh, yeah, that, it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, that I don't think we're going to wake up on, on January 1st of 2027 <laughs> and go, it's changed. 
actually it wouldn't be January 1st anyway. The human design year begins around January 22nd. So uh, we won't wake up in January of 2027 and go, wow, it's a new world. Although some people are sensitive enough to notice when shifts and changes like that happen. So yeah. there may be some of us out there that know. It just may be. Yeah. And, and Julie Kiss has said that she hopes to be a grandma someday, grandmom someday, God willing. Yeah. I hope you are too, right? I hope you are too. I hope you get to be the one who gets to share with your grandchildren that we've changed, that you're so lucky to be born now um, and to, to be able to see a world that's changing for the better. Yeah. So. And one last one from Gabby. She's saying her sacral is red with a yellow line around it. With a what? Yellow line around it. Oh, okay. So that's just the program that somehow highlights the different centers that are defined. Mm -hmm. So a red sacral means that you have a defined sacral. So that means you're either a generator or a manifesting generator and that you come born with a lot of energy an energy that's meant to be used toward things that you're passionate about toward mastering being in the physical world, being a, uh, a vehicle for the divine in the physical, right? The interface between the divine and the physical world. So living out the highest of your template would mean living from your passion, living from love and uh, yeah. Okay, so sorry, one one more important one. I've just noticed okay. Ursula. She Hi said, Ursula. So many younger adults have been declaring themselves as non-male and non-female they, we pronouns. Do you see this as part of the increase in our angelic human future? I see it as a part of an androgynous future, if you will, mm -hmm. where we're not going to be known for being either male or female. We're going to have both will be engendered within us. Mm -hmm. Um, it was interesting because God, back when I was 23, 24 years old, I went to Sedona, Arizona for a conference and it was a conference. It was a past life regression conference being done by Dick Sutphin. And I was a newbie. I mean, come on, 23. I don't have the wisdom that God gave a goose at this point in time, right? I'm just exploring the world. And someone said, do you want to do this? And I went, Sure. While I was there, I underwent a progression, which is like a future life instead of a regression going back to a past life. And again, remember, I'm young, so I don't know much about metaphysics or anything, but I was taken to a world where I couldn't tell if I was male or female. Wow. And it was a world where we seemingly lived in peace, mm -hmm. where um, our energy... Uh, was flown through was uh, was through crystals crystalline energy yeah. and the the most striking thing to me was that you know he's telling he's walking us through this and asking us to feel the body feel you know are we man are we woman are we you know tall short whatever and I could very clearly see myself but I could not tell you what gender I was wow that's... I had a sense that I could be whatever I wanted to be yeah and who, who knew Right at that point in time. I mean, that's like 30, 40 years ago now. Um, so in answer to your question, Ursula, I think the change is afoot. And we see that in people wanting to be gender neutral um, or to not you know, specify their gender because it's, we're on the vanguard of this major shift where it's not gonna be as important to us to be male or female. Right. That, that's just wonderful. So yeah. on that exciting note, um, for those who, <laughs> who um, don't have their, their uh, human design chart, if you go to living-astrology.com and contact um, Jeanette, and then you will get be able to get your, um, your overview picture, your beautiful colored picture, and, and, a, and a big chart of information, which is just amazing. So thank you very much for today. And um, I know everybody's loved it. I just loved it. And I just, um, 
I just find the whole thing so interesting and it's been delightful to be here with you today. Oh, thank you, Caroline. It's been wonderful to be with you. Um, it's been wonderful to share all of this information. It's very exciting. I think it fills me with hope for the future, even in some of these darker, more dismal days or that seem that way. Um, so if I've even uplifted one of you to see that the future is possible and it's the, a future that's really pretty bright, um, then I've done my job. Oh, thank you for more. letting me talk about it here in uh, Angel Heart Radio. Oh, you've more than done your job. So <laughs> thank you everybody for joining us. Lots of love to you all and look and wait for the exciting announcement from Anaya. So thank you. Ooh, I'm excited. Yes, yes. Oh, if people want to contact you, do you have another way of them contacting you as well? Sure, as you? they could reach out to Janet, J-A-N-E-T, at living-astrology.com. That's my email address. Or you could just go to the website up at the very top on the website. It says contact Janet and they'll come right straight to me. Okay, then. Well, bye, everybody. And remember, you come back now. So <laughs> see you all soon. Okay.